This is Wendy, and again, we had a few sound problems, but it is only with the first three minutes of the introduction, so if you'll bear with us, things improve drastically after the jump. Jazz hands! Welcome, listeners, to another episode of Real Education, the musical! I am one of your hosts, joined as always by my intrepid explorers in the musical form. I'm Wendy. <laughs> You're just like, I'm your host? I'm one of the hosts. You don't I even know my name. Oh my god. So much impatient one. This is how we're going to start. <laughs> Here's a story of really impatient guy who was sitting in the middle and talking too much. All right, so hi, I'm one of your hosts, Wendy, joined, of course, by that guy, Mike. And the other guy. Vinny. <laughs> the less impatient one. Only slightly. <laughs> and tonight, we are going to watch... On the Town. On the Town. Yeah, I'm glad y'all remembered, because I was like, I had to ask was it again? <laughs> I had to ask before we started recording if that was the actual title. So, So neither one of you have seen it? No. Nope. Actually, not until, until you mentioned it last time, I had not heard of it. So, yeah, same. Oh, my God. That's... Not even heard of it, like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like my little like steeped in musicals forever heart is like what? Well, that's why you're here. Like, How is that even possible? <laughs> this is, this is one of the classic musicals. Like it's it's the Six Degrees of Separation musical where everybody like it's got connections to you did this and you did it and then you went off into this and everything and then you went off into that. Like like seriously, everybody in it has like a connection to at least three other musical projects that are major. So. Good, what, good that we're doing it early then. Yes. <laughs> um, what do you do? You know anything? I mean, I know. I like I said before, I, I didn't know it existed prior to you bringing asking if, if we should do that next. Um, I saw the cover when you set it down earlier, <laughs> so I know that it has something to do with sailors. <laughs> and I would assume by the title that it means that they're on leave for a night. On the town. On the town, that would make so, sense. So that's all I've Sinatra got. Sinatra and Gene Kelly? That is correct. Right. I knew it was Sinatra and somebody that was like a big musical guy, but I couldn't remember. Gene Kelly was the one that was in my head, but I was like, man, that doesn't sound right. But I guess it is. And I know that was only because you mentioned that. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> that's our memory from like two weeks ago when we first talked about this. So that's all I've got. But so, all those pieces together make me very excited to see it. What you know is what I've told you. Yes, <laughs> and I made sure not to do any any research. That's, that's how that goes. That's how that goes. Well, um, you guys are in for a real treat. I think this is a very solid musical, and it's very much in the cl- in the classic style of just entertaining. Yeah. Um, Thanks. So, uh, yeah, and the cast is amazeballs. You guys, I'm going to be hearing both of you just be like, "What? What? <laughs> what? Oh my God!" So um, we're going to stop, and we're going to go watch On the Town, yeah, yeah. Uh, which I think is 1949. And, uh, and then we're going to come back, and we're going to talk about it. And um, if they don't gush, then this will be our last episode. <laughs> because I will be there. Yeah, like, yeah, we aren't even going to publish anything. <laughs> I, I, you'll, well, I don't want to – yeah, you might – I might not have. I might not be able to publish the file because there might that might be proof that I. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There might be murders on it. Our podcast admissible. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um, here we go on the town. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
so another sun rises over fabulous and mighty Manhattan, where visitors by thousands seek out historical landmarks on its placid streets. People from out of town love its many quaint and secluded eating places. The big city's well-known hospitality to its guests is famous the world over. And particularly sailors on leave find intellectual freedom in its many cultural points of interest. And as this is a story of New York, we naturally begin it in Brooklyn. New York, New York, a wonderful town. The Bronx is up and the battery's down. The people ride in a hole in the ground. New York, New York, it's a wonderful town. famous museums in the big town, our studious friends find interesting and edifying knowledge. Three happy gobs and three happy girls walk merrily toward the setting sun. We reluctantly say farewell to them and hello to Metro Golden Mares on the town. People do what? They ride in the hole in the ground, right? Yeah. <laughs> yes. All right. <laughs> up and down. And yeah, all yeah. on the ground. The, the Bronx, Bronx is, up is up and the battery's down. The people ride in a hole in the ground like the choreography school. Once again with those the shoulders. The only, that was the only right. shoulder That was the only stuff, shoulder though. stuff. There were good, like... The diva arm thing. There were a lot of that. There was on. a lot of good diva arm. There yeah. was. There was when he was dancing with Lucy, doing that weird tango thing. That That's was, true. That was going on. That's true. I was mostly watching their legs because they were like this far apart, and he's taking these like huge strides every time. Mm-hmm. I'm just like he's gonna fucking kick her like any second. <laughs> nah. <laughs> but not Gene Kelly. Kelly. Yeah. Or Grace Kelly. Or Grace <laughs> Kelly. <laughs> oh lord. Um, Okay, so, um, reactions? I loved it. Yay! Yeah. That movie's so ridiculous <laughs> and so much fun. Um, it is, as I said, partway through the movie, it's the horniest movie we've watched so far. Oh, I, without <laughs> like, a doubt. 
Even more so than, I think, uh, Mine Who Na was probably before <laughs> that, but this blows that, like, completely out of the water. Yeah, like, everybody in this movie is movie. just about fucking. <laughs> <laughs> Very much so. Yeah. <laughs> and MGM was like, let's make this one. Yeah. Sounds good. And what's great, like, and, and we, uh, we, well, we can get into the plot a little bit, but the... Like, the horniest character is straight up the cab driver. Like, she is, like, from the word go, she's like, I'm going to bang Frank Sinatra. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, she drops the paper, hey, why don't you come up to my place? What? No, just, I will take you if he rides up here from, I, in front with me. I think my favorite gag of the whole movie, and there's a lot of, like, really silly comedy in it, um, is the three of them out on the sidewalk. Where they're walking back and forth, <laughs> and she's driving the car. Who needs a taxi? Yeah, yeah like, she's like, trailing hey, them back and forth. Still right here. Still yeah. right here. Hey, do you need a taxi? Get in the car. Get in the car. Yeah. Oh, Brunhilde. <laughs> Brun, what was uh, Esther? I had to write it down. Brunhilde Esther Hazy. <laughs> right? That's a name. That is <laughs> a name. Like, immediately, like, the first thing she does is like, well, I bet you can't guess. I'm like, no, not with no, that name. Look, who the fuck would have come up with that? <laughs> I know what I, yeah. I love that Frank Sinatra is just played so straight. Yeah, yeah. And you almost think that he's like, no, I'm not into you. And then they get back to her place and he's like. <laughs> yeah. And it's weird because it's so. Um, he is played straight and he's played boring and it's against his persona. really. His persona. Yeah, because his persona was very much um, like a tough guy made right by a girl and he this one he's very much kind of the ingenue right <laughs> like he's just very like innocent like I just want to see the sights of New York City right Golly, yeah. gee. <laughs> it was more fun watching him kind of play against type like that than yeah and he's good at it I mean yeah. he's, he's it worked really well it was like surprising. I, I buy him as being kind of sweet and dopey yeah. And like, and she's all hitting on him, and he's like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, woman, slow it down!" And you're like, "What?" No, I'm just here to see the hippodrome. Okay? I want to go see all these places that haven't existed in over half, about half a decade <laughs> or half a century. I mean, yeah. Okay, so the basic plot: three three sailors on shore leave, on hit New York City, <laughs> and they're and they're like, "What are we gonna do? Let's go see the sights. Let's go find girls." And in the process of just making their way around. Gene Kelly sees a picture of a girl who's Miss Turnstiles. Worst name ever. Miss Turnstiles. And he thinks she is this super high-class woman. A big celebrity. Miss Turnstiles Turnstiles. for June. For June. Not even, like, ever. Just, like, it's clear this one month. For one month. (laughs) She'll get her picture in the subway. Right? (laughs) <laughs> um, and also, where were they getting? So they like read all of this stuff about her. It's on it the was, poster. It was on the poster. Was it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And that was the first dream ballet because where it like it's, zooms into the picture. And it's then like a Gene it Kelly production where he's both directing and choreographing. So of course, there's at least one dream ballet, and in this mm-hmm. one, we get two. <laughs> um, that's both the, were phenomenal. Yeah, the first one is all about Miss Turnstiles and who she is, and that the, one's so fun. <laughs> it's so great and ridiculous. I like when she's on point painting. That just yes. Like cracks the ballet, me up. Like the ballet painting. Yeah. Yes. Um, and the, so he's like, I want to meet her. I'm going to find her. And then he randomly runs into her and they, they meet cute at the turnstiles. And he's mm-hmm. like, guys, I, I have to find her again. And so they all go searching for her. They come out. 
they need a cab to run to the next station, and that's where they meet Hildy, the cab driver. She's like, hey, I'm supposed to take the cab back, but instead I'll take you. I'll take I'll take a <laughs> like, dozen You two of can you. come, I guess, but the, you, you sit up front. front yeah. Yeah. You sit up front. Also, I like how none of the cars have dashboards. And I, I get that that's because you have to be able to film it and everything. It just looks really weird, and it helps with, like, Sinatra falling everywhere when yeah. she keeps hitting the brakes. But there's also one shot of the two cops in the car together, and there's no dash or anything, and it has them sitting like super close. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I just imagine the camera, I just kept waiting for the camera to like pan over there to be an open spot next to them, and they're just like snuggled up no, while they're driving through we're town. Just, just, just sit next to me, honey. Why don't you, why don't you sit on the hump? <laughs> so, um, so that's how they meet Hildy. And they're like, and he's like, no, we can, and he, they miss her, and he's like, oh, no, we can find her. She likes museums. Let's go to a museum. What's the closest museum? Well, the Museum of Natural History. So they go there, and that's where they meet Claire, which is Ann Miller. Oh, my God. The tap dancing spinner of damn. She's glorious, yeah. yeah. She's really good. And her legs go all the way to the floor. <laughs> oh, we should mention that Hildy is played by Betty Garrett, who is a brilliantly comic actress whose career... Thanks to the House and American Activities Co- Committee, was cut short. I kind of I looked her up on IMDb during the movie, so I was like, she looks familiar. She did. Did a, not know her from anything. She did a ton of TV. <laughs> yeah. A ton of TV because her film career was cut short, but she's so funny and charming. She's, great, yeah. she's real. She's my favorite part of the movie. Yeah. Me. Yeah. Definitely. So they meet Claire, which is Ann Miller at the museum. She's and she looks at Ozzy, the one remaining sailor, and is like. You look like a prehistoric man. And it proceeds to call him Specimen for the whole rest of the film. <laughs> Which is so weird. <laughs> yeah. And they're both into it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Super oh, yeah. into it. She sings, I want me a prehistoric man. Yeah, that whole number was... Problematic and, yeah. and kind of kind of great, but also oh dear yeah. oh oh what are they wearing now what are they what are you, did you just make a woo sound oh god Ooh, oh dear um, but it's also just like it's fascinating like it I, was yeah I that's, don't, a, that's I don't the one where she has the green dress right yes yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah that's a pretty like your first that was good really because easy. you have like the collar that's like the stripes uh-huh. and I didn't realize that was going to be the same as the inside of oh, yeah, her skirt, like her skirt. skirt. and so then the she skirt. like flares it out and I was like that's fucking awesome like it yeah. looks yeah. so good it looks so good because <laughs> Ann Miller always wore a dress that even if it was long it split all the way up to there because right. she's like I'm sorry it's in my contract I have legs right. and then <laughs> she uses it so, like to such yeah, great effect yeah and then like that dress the costume designer just nailed because it looks so good as she spins and she is She's spinning nonstop. She yeah, the spin, whole time. spin, tappy, spin, spin. So, um, so then at that point, they look for Ivy a little bit more, and then eventually, of course, the two girls are like, "Why don't we split up and look?" Why don't we split up and bang? Her. I mean, yeah, I guess we could look. Gaby, for her. Uh, we'll go over here and look. And Gaby is Gene Kelly, and oh yeah, we'll go over here and Gaby, you go look over there, and yeah, and so they all split up, and basically, the two couples go off to. Two apartments to do, etc. 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 Seal that deal. They only got one night. Very wholesome entertainment <laughs> yeah. with each other. Yes. <laughs> they, go, they go home to hold hands. And Gaby goes to find her at the symphonic hall and actually finds her. And then oh, it turns out she's actually from Meadowville, but she's pretending that she's not because she's a big society dame. So they all let's meet later. So they all meet up. They have a night on the town, but she has to run away to go work. 
because but she doesn't tell him that she just runs away like Cinderella and then eventually they run into the dance teacher who says oh she's out at Coney Island so they go out there and that's when he finds out that she's working as a cooch dancer <laughs> which is a thing it was a thing like I'm still trying to decide if cooch is an adjective or a verb <laughs> I have no idea. I cooch? Or is it like a descriptor? Wow, that's really cooch. (laughs) I think it can be whatever you want it to be. (laughs) So so they They, all They certainly didn't do didn't do anything to explain it. And then there's a goofy dance number where the boys are trying to hide. There is a a really silly dance number. And then the the cops grab them. But they convince the cop, the girls convince the cops to let them go, give them a goodbye kiss before they have to be back on the ship by 6 a.m. It's a day in New York. That's yeah. the whole plot. New so I wasn't too far off. <laughs> I so, certainly could not have predicted any of the things they got up to in that right, night on right. the town, but at least was in the ballpark as for what they were going for. Yes. So this was our first Gene Kelly. It was, yeah. which is kind of surprising. Um, but, uh, this is one of his big ones. He he did three movies with Sinatra. I can't remember. I think this one's after Anchors Away. Mm-hmm. Because the tagline was gayer than Anchors Away. Raspberry! <laughs> yes. Back when gay was right. used in a different sit- situation there. Um, but let's see. Uh, so Gene Kelly, since this is our first, a little background info, made his name, like he made his name on Broadway in Pal Joey, um, Selznick saw him, was like, you're amazing, I'm going to sign you, and he brings him out, but then he wasn't using him, and so eventually, I, Judy Garland convinced Louis B. Mayer to buy out his contract and bring him over to MGM, because Selznick mm-hmm. wasn't using him at all, and Judy Garland was like, "This guy's amazing. Yeah, like he's from yeah, Broadway. Do something, yeah. I want to do a movie with like, him. Watch how this guy moves. It's fucking insane." <laughs> yeah. So that and um, I, uh, what was the first movie they did? Oh, I'm blanking. But it was a huge. Oh, I thought hit. you were legitimately asking us. No, wrong crowd. You think he's going to know the answer to that one? Um, it's not one of it's not like one of his known known films, mm-hmm. but it was a it it was a big enough hit that like it. Like, he hit, and people are like, oh, Gene Kelly, that's a thing. And, you know, like, his career. He was only going to do the one movie and then go back to Broadway, but he made a big enough when splash. people were throwing cash at you, yeah. Yeah. So for me and my gal. Yes, that's it. Yes. Literally never heard of that. <laughs> um, the power of the internet. <laughs> uh, so, interesting trivia, right? Ray Bradbury's novel, Something Wicked This Way Comes, was dedicated to Gene Kelly. Huh. Um... Okay. And I think I told you, yeah, I told you during the movie that uh, in Singing in the Rain, um, it was Carol Haney. But that's skipping ahead. That was Carol Haney. We'll skip ahead. But anyway. Um, <laughs> well, uh, you, did, you did point out that no one, you know, that uh, no one was wearing heels. Oh, in yeah. The scene with him. Yes. Yeah. Because he's only five foot seven. Especially um, Vera her? Ellen. Vera Who, Ellen, yeah. Oh, we didn't even mention Vera Ellen. Vera Ellen is Miss Turnstiles, Miss, Ivy Smith. Oh, yeah. Miss Turnstiles, June. So, and so um, they have so their, they have their big number in uh, the... When he, find, he finds her at the... It's a symphonic hall, yeah. right? Yes. Yeah, and uh, yeah, she's wearing flats the entire time. Part of it, too, like, 
I can only imagine if she's wearing heels because she already has like this much poofy hair. hair. <laughs> she's got very poofy hair. Uh, and then adding heels on top of that, she would have just dwarfed him. Yeah. <laughs> um, so here's a fun one. So Frank Sinatra is in Guys and Dolls. Mm-hmm. Brando played Sky Masterson. Right. Gene Kelly wanted that role hard, but MGM would not loan him out. Huh. Like, and so Gene Kelly he could was sing, unlike Marlon Brando. Yeah. And, and, and move. <laughs> yeah. Um, and also that. <laughs> um, he he was quoted as saying, "I was born to play Sky Masterson, the way Clark Gable was been... born to play Rhett Butler." But those bastards at MGM refused to loan me out. <laughs> he would have been an amazing that would have been Sky incredible. Master. Right? He would have been amazing, and I'm pissed about it. <laughs> oh man, let's see. Uh, so I'm giving you this trivia because we're going to play a new game that, like, retroactively we should go back and play for all the other ones. Like, who's the biggest badass in this cast? <laughs> okay, so there's Gene Kelly, right? I don't know there's... his name, but Ozzy. <laughs> <laughs> Frank Sinatra, of course. Um, uh, let's see, Frank Sinatra, let's see, he won a lot of Oscars, actually. I hadn't quite realized how many. He got. He won one and was nominated for, like, two or three others. Um, yeah, he was, uh, I didn't from here to eternity. Yes, that was that was the one. Um, was he nominated for Manchurian Candidate? Okay, I was trying to remember that, and then there's like the man with the golden arm. Yes, exactly. Thing. Yeah, um, he was all. He that also was, was a director and producer. <laughs> he was a director and producer, which I don't always know about. Um, so. <laughs> um, What's the trivia we know for this movie, dudes? Mm. You mean the the butt padding? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Give them the, Which the that, yeah. Once you mentioned it, that's all I could. That's all I could look for. Uh, I want to know what it, what he looked like without it, though. Yeah, because like, it wasn't. I mean, because it's, it's not like it's sticking out. It's not like Gene Kelly, where it's like. Well, Gene, Gene Kelly's dead ass. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's not like. And you don't notice it. No, so. it looks like a butt. But the thing is, <laughs> listeners, Frank Sinatra was a very scrawny man yeah. of a particular build that I think we have all seen people with that build where you just don't sure. have a butt. Right. And the thing is, all he's wearing in this movie is white pants, <laughs> tight white pants that are not going to look good if you don't have a butt. So the costumer made him wear butt padding. And Ann Miller was apparent. She shared. She's the one who shared the story and said that he was very self-conscious about it and would not take kindly to teasing. Even though, of course, any uh, like any film set, there's a lot of teasing. And oh, he was, everyone he was would just be making like, fun of his no ass. Yeah, but nobody was allowed to make fun of I his no ass. Don't feel like Sinatra is the kind of guy that really liked people making fun of him to start with. Yeah. <laughs> um, Frank Sinatra, though, loved working with Gene Kelly. He, as he said, I could never dance, but Gene Kelly made me look like I could. <laughs> right. And so it is fun to watch him because he's a singer. He, he can walk on a beat, yeah. but he can't move. Right. Oh, so that's what I was going to ask with the like second Dream Ballet. Is that why they brought in stand-ins for him? Well, it had to be. Because they, wanted, because they he, wanted actual dancers? Yeah, okay. Gene Kelly wanted to... To dance, dance. Yeah, and yeah. so he brought in... Not just like, hey, move around a little bit. <laughs> yeah, which is why, like... Um, Ann Miller can definitely dance, of course, mm-hmm. but they brought in two other women because he wanted to do a particular style sure. of dance. Right. And also, I think it might have—I think it's kind of smart because it takes the focus off of them. Yeah, oh, like, by them yeah, being I mean, stand-ins, it it really focuses on him and of, Vera Ellen. Yeah, which yeah, yeah, that was going to be what I said too. Was like, 
once they pull them out of it, it makes sense to replace the the, the w- other women too, because then it's not like trying to ape what we've already. I mean, they are aping what we've already seen, but the character wise, it does like make it all about the two of them, and everybody else just kind of fades into the background. But yes, the dream ba- the second dream ballet is literally just a rehashing of everything that we've seen up until that point. Yeah, if you weren't here for the first hour, here's a quick <laughs> three minutes just to get you well, back. Well, it's kind of like Oklahoma. Oklahoma does the exact same right, thing. Yeah. Like we're gonna have a dream ballet that tells you everything that's already happened in case you, I don't know, went out for a drink. I, <laughs> yeah, fell asleep during this boring ass <laughs> like, musical. Like it's just sort of like okay, pause. Let's sum up. So here's what's been going on up to this one, listeners. Like it's just so crazy, um, but the oh, but the dancing in it is amazing. Great, balls. it's yeah. really good. Yeah, uh, we all commented on. There is a ledge in the back of the stage that he's on, sort of stage type area. I don't know what you would call it. The set that he's on. Oh yeah, during the dream, the second the, ballet, during the dream ballet. Yeah, and it's a good three feet. Yeah, to I mean, this if thing. he's five and seven, he's, it's like up above his. I mean, yeah, it's like a um, it's like rib cage height. Yeah, him. and he's just like jump, like stepping up it so gracefully, like it's nothing. It looked like a jump. It was just kind of like <laughs> yeah, that's why like a quick like, step, step, and then just like he's yeah. suddenly three feet up. Like, like how what just happened? I'm, I'm Gene Kelly, and my thighs are made of platinum. He or just yeah. like glide up there. He just like, whoosh, and I'm on top. Yeah. What? How do you do that? I want to be able to do I that. I think it has something right. to do with his, his butt muscles. Oh. They're just like magical. His butt is magical. I'm glad <laughs> you know that. There's a tumbler dead. There's probably many tumblers. I was going to say, there's got to be at least, at least one. But there is one I know of called Deadass. It's <laughs> all Gene Kelly? Deadass. When you watch enough Gene Kelly, you will notice that he will find a moment in every movie where he will turn his butt to the camera and he will clinch it deliberately. He found plenty, yeah. Um, the best one. I think the first time you There's see him. is called Gene Kelly's butt. <laughs> there you go. The best one that I've found yet, and I st- I'll admit it, I have not seen every Gene Kelly musical ever. <laughs> yes, that's the, the one. of the American, uh, an American in Paris. Yes, <laughs> Dadass. We'll put it in the show notes, the American in Paris, like the Damn. epitome of Dadass. That one's definitely the, the most. I was like, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> but the best, like, turn your back and clench is in Brigadoon, where he literally runs up a hill, gets to the top of the yes. hill, strikes a pose. And I know exactly what scene you're talking about. <laughs> and, like, it's glorious. Like, angels sing in heaven just at that moment of, mm, yes. Yeah, he definitely fi- he finds those moments. Oh. I was like the first like. Well, the first he's the time. choreographer. He makes them. Yeah, right. Right. Didn't he have a directing credit for this too? Yeah, right. um, yeah. This one was directed by both him and Stanley Donen. It was one of the like just like Singing in the Rain. Right. In that, and in fact, it's pretty much the same team. It's the same cinematographer, the same writers, Comden and Green, and Stanley Donen. And it was part of the Freed unit at MGM. Arthur Freed was the producer. Um, so yeah, it's the same people. So he and Donan share directing credit because Donan, Donan would direct, but Kelly was doing all the choreography and all of the staging and like, and Kelly was a diva. So like, yeah, you might be directing Donan, but I'm going to be standing right next to you telling you what I think you should yeah, do. Right. Luckily right. they worked well together. Luckily. <laughs> that um, so, oh, let's see. Uh, Ann Miller. Of course, famous for her tapping. Um, here, okay, in our, I submit to you for who's the biggest badass for this one. 
Uh, she was nine when her mother left her philandering father, moved them to Los Angeles, and she, at a young age, had to support her mother, who was hearing impaired and unable to hold a job. She took up dancing lessons, got jobs dancing in nightclubs while being homeschooled. Uh, in 37, the RKO wanted to sign her as a player, but only if she could prove she was 18. She was barely 14 and got a hold of a fake birth certificate. <laughs> She was supporting her mother when she was, like, 10. Ten yeah. Right. Holy shit. Um, Betty Garrett, who is, of course, Hildy. Um, the trivia for her, the House on American Committee. Yeah. Like, that's just bullshit. And, her and, her, and her husband. It was yeah, her husband, but it drug her down with, with it. Yeah. From what I read uh, just during the movie, was it like she was pregnant um, and didn't didn't actually testify and then they basically brought him in and testified and were like well you're both fucked now. yeah but he, he, wouldn't name names. he wouldn't name names yeah. do you know who would jerome robbins really yeah huh. well the thing is with jerome robbins jerome robbins called himself bisexual but that even even like he liked he had a long time relationship i forget with who who was his relationship with i'm looking that up um montgomery cliff he had a long, long-term relationship with Mon- Montgomery Cliff. He never married. He called himself a bisexual, but like that may have been even that might have been window dressing for for the time. Like mm-hmm. bisexual, but more gay than bisexual. It's hard to say. But yeah. the point is, here's a man who at least is having a homosexual relationship called before the House on the American Committee. He named names because he wanted to keep working. Yeah, right. Because. They weren't calling him because he was a commie. They were calling him because he was a homosexual. Right. Like in a yeah. homosexual relationship. So, but yeah, Jerome Robbins, name names. I'm like, dude, <laughs> dude. Uh, Vera Ellen, White Christmas, of course, we all know her. Um, she was one of the youngest sure Rockettes. You know Vera Ellen. You do. You should know her. How do you not I, know her? I don't. I've never, I've never seen White Christmas. I can't even handle it. <laughs> Wendy's literally just like her face went blank for a second. <laughs> just like, I'm sorry, I can't process that. There, there might very well be a couple of murders on this episode. <laughs> okay. All right, and then the last person I want to give you some information on, Carol Haney. Now, the reason why... Oh, way back info on yeah. Oz. Oh, You're missing actually, the most important person here. Um, He didn't have much of a career. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I had no idea who he was. Like, you'll see him pop up as a bit player, but he never he never really made it. This is one of his biggest roles. Um, Munchen is his name. Um, he's hilarious, and I love him. He's, yeah, he's really good. I mean, yeah. 90% of what he does is just goofy-ass sounds in this movie. <laughs> well, like, I mean, when you're sharing the screen with Sinatra and Jim Kelly, like, what can you do? Like, yeah. Right. yeah, but he's funny. He's hilarious. He's really funny. Like, he's funny. And like, he found he's his the niche. most funny. Like, because Sinatra has some cute stuff, and Gene Kelly is oh, playing more romantic. Yeah. But yeah. he's he's the goofball. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and he's the, the you know, the mug. The one who mugs for the right. camera. And, oh. I will say one of the best lines in it is when he yells at Brunhilde that he can see the cops' faces, and she's like, that means I can see yours, too. <laughs> or, like, bad news for them. They they can see yours, too, or whatever yeah, it is. Yeah. I was like, that's great. I'm Hildy's, so on board for Hildy's this. Hildy is so sassy. <laughs> All right, so I want to talk about Carol Haney real quick yes. because at the top of the episode I mentioned that this particular musical is like six degrees of musical MG musicals. Mm-hmm.
bit by bit, putting it together. Carol Haney, who is one of the ballet dancers in the Day in New York Ballet. Um, Carol Haney was, of course, Gene Kelly's assistant. Gene Kelly stole her from Jack Cole. Um, by the way, Carol Haney opened her own dance studio while she was still in high school. That's how good of a dancer she was. But she died at like 39 due to health complications. Mm. She had a tough... She, I think she was diabetic. She had a tough, tough life. Um, so Jack Cole is still one of those names that I'm putting a pin in. Like, we're going to get to him and explain Jack Cole and his huge influence on American musical theater that nobody knows his name and it's sort of devastating to me. So she came out to Los Angeles. Jack Cole was like, you're the bomb. And then, and she was his assistant. And then Gene Kelly was like, or you can work with me. Yeah, like, and, so she, and she went to work. Look at my butt. <laughs> you want to work with my butt? <laughs> so then she was Gene Kelly's assistant for a long time where Carol Haney really, and then Carol Haney worked with Fosse and was one of Fosse's favorite dancers. They first worked together on Kiss Me Kate. And it is Carol Haney who is dancing with Bob Fosse in that movie when Bob Fosse literally arrived. Like, the moment that was filmed and people saw it, they went, who the shit is this guy? And, um, and then he cast her in Pajama Game. And there's a lot of trivia about Pajama Game when we get to watching that one. So this movie, now we have Gene Kelly, of course, who's huge. We have Frank Sinatra, who's huge. We have Carol Haney, who's huge. We've got Ann Miller, who's huge. And Comden and Green, the writers, and Stanley Donan, the director, and then Jerome Robbins being the last piece. And what do you... You guys have seen Jerome Robbins before. Yeah. Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The King and I. There you go. It <laughs> <laughs> was so great. I said, the choreographer, this is created by Jerome Robbins. And Mike's like, I feel like I've heard that name. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's because whenever we do these, you're like, and it's this person and this person and this person. And you know them. And I'm like, I don't fucking know these people. Like, those are names that I may have heard before. Uh, and so I was thinking, uh, I couldn't even remember the name of the movie at the time for, for Yankee Doodle Day. Right, yeah, it was just Cagney like the Cagney one. one. <laughs> <laughs> but it is The King and I. It is The King and I. Which he did the, uh, did he do all of the choreography or just the one thing that, okay, But he's he, most famous for. For the, um, I don't remember what it's called now. The Small House of Uncle Thomas. Yes. Yes. Run, Eliza, run. Run for wicked silence. <laughs> Uncle Tom's Cabin. Yep. Doing like they're running. Yeah, and the hopping, the <laughs> yeah. hopping, the hopping that looks so exhausting. That poor woman's ankles. Um, so Jerome Robbins was a ballet dancer. Mm-hmm. Um, did, I don't know if we covered this before. We may not have because there was a lot of Yule Brenner in that one. Yeah, yeah. I, don't think, I don't think we talked much about that because we did talk a lot about Yule Brenner. Like, there's a lot to talk yeah. about. <laughs> um, so Jerome Robbins was a ballet dancer. He was actually like literally the American Ballet Company. He was a ballet dancer there. Balanchine actually recruited him. Balanchine's a very famous ballet name. It's okay you don't know that one. Okay, some people the like... The name is familiar. I wouldn't tell In like, like a month, she's going to be like, you know him. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I told you about Balanchine. Um, and like, I'm going to be honest, like if a thousand people ever listened to her podcast, like two people would be like, oh, Balanchine, I know that one. <laughs> yeah. But he was, he was a ballet dancer and he created a ballet for the American Ballet Company called Fancy Free with music by Leonard Bernstein. The two of them co- collaborated together a lot. 
that was about three sailors on shore leave. And it was so popular that, um, I think it was George Abbott was like, we should make it a musical. And they did. And then the musical became a movie. So that's kind of how that played out. Jerome Robbins and Leonard Bernstein, of course, most famously collaborated on, any guesses? This is Ringy Bells? Fucking, I don't have no clue. (laughs) I would just embarrass myself. West Side Story. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that's that's kind of their most famous collaboration. At least I've seen that one. Yeah. Does that that help redeem me a little bit? Yes, (laughs) yes. And Jerome Robbins did a ton of directing on Broadway, which we'll get to. We are going to have a knife fight here in a little bit. (laughs) Yes. So anyway, that's... So that's how we're going to tie it into West Side Story. So welcome to Wendy gives you a lecture about Broadway history. There will be a test at the end. There will be a test at the end. We'll both Um, fail. So what do we think? Ann Miller's this, this movie's biggest badass? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah. I mean, Gene Kelly's... He's more of a diva than a badass. He's a total diva. Right? <laughs> right? I feel like that's... Yeah. Okay. I mean, being able to support your mother and yourself and all that at 10 years old. And, yeah. Oh! I can, I'm fucking 36 and I can barely do that. <laughs> and that's just taking care of me. <laughs> <laughs> um, they filmed for only five days in New York, but they did film on location. Oh, interesting. Huh, yeah. Yeah. What did they... What did they film there? Like Mostly the opening number, New York, New York. They are really actually traveling around New York there. And then you can see when they move on to a set pretty, yeah. pretty clearly. You don't think the Empire State Building was on location? <laughs> they just hung him off the edge. <laughs> oh, my God. Here's what's funny about that. His name was Jules Munchen. Sorry. Okay. He was terrified of heights. Yeah. That's, bad. That's amazing. So when they're actually filming in that opening sequence and they're on the top of that one really narrow... Um, skyscraper at the top. Mm-hmm. Like I read that trivia and then I was watching it. If you watch him he's, at every moment, he's kind of just like he is either touching <laughs> one of his castmates or touching a wall <laughs> the great. entire time. So as he's moving around and when he's smiling, but there's just fear in his <laughs> right. eyes. And apparently, they actually had a rope tied around his waist oh, that went down the pant leg. That was the only way he would perform was if they had a rope tied to him just in case he fell. <laughs> He was that scared of heights. That's awesome. Oh, isn't that adorable? (laughs) That's great. But but he still got up there and like went around like, I'm so excited to be here. No, I'm not. (laughs) No, I'm not. This is awful. Yeah, not knowing that ahead of time, I didn't notice. But then I also wasn't looking for it. Right. I love that whole scene though. With, uh, I mean, the fake Empire State Building set, but when the. They're trying. They're hiding from the cops it's or whatever, so and they hang him off the edge. And like, yeah, like that's, she turns around, like after they're asking for the cab driver. And she's got her glasses. That on. is a really great sight gag. Yeah, it's wonderful. <laughs> oh, how glasses. Well, she, she almost looks like she's doing an impression of her roommate, who we haven't even talked about. Oh yeah, I didn't even get to oh yeah, <laughs> Alice Alice Pierce, I think is her name, but um, sure. she's the only. <laughs> yeah. She's the only. Well, she was Gladys. Gladys Kravitz in Bewitched. She's a very well-known character actress, and she's the only member, she's the only person who was actually in the stage show who actually was in the movie as Lucy Schmieler. Achoo! (laughs) And it's really weird because they make her out like she's completely hideous. (laughs) I'm like, she's not unattractive. She's... I mean, well, I mean, she's really playing up like the weak chin. Oh, right. for sure. And the the no, the voice and everything. She's 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 playing for comedic effect, but she's she really is very sweet. Right, right. 
Um, she and she's funny. I really do like the dance, like the um, shit. What is her number called? You only need me. You can count on me. Yeah. Everybody sings. You can count on me. But her me. line is like, I think you only need me because it's like what the dough uh, says to the baker or something. Yeah. You only need me. <laughs> yes. Uh, she's really great in that, like, in that number. Like, her and Gene Kelly together when they're doing their dance and everything. I was just like... When she's got the nice little, like, the comedy, like, of... The, you know, she ends up being last in all of the refrain and kind of just gets shoved out of it continually. She's literally she under chance. the table by yeah. the end of it while they're spinning him around yes. on top. Uh, and she's just under the table like, uh, you... You only need me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um... I am sad because there's a there's a song from the show called I Can Cook To that's hilarious. That's, um, I don't remember which character sings it, but it's a female character who's like, all this and I can cook too. <laughs> um, which, it's really sassy and wonderful, but it, it got cut from the movie. And instead we got Prehistoric Man. Um, but we did also get Sinatra singing You're Awful. Which, yeah, I was, was going to say, we need to bring that up. <laughs> that was the best song in the movie, I'm as far as I'm concerned. Best I, best number or best song? Best dance number or best song no, title? No, I think just, I mean, I like the, the song itself. I mean, I think the the choreography and the dancing probably goes Well, yeah, I mean, elsewhere. that's... But, like, like, I mean, the lyrics and, like, the, the way that they play off each other and... Her dress are all the best from that one. Is that where she has the with yellow the with the butterflies? Yeah. That's a really solid dress. That's a, ah, yeah. that dress. Is and she even has the butterfly like in her hair. Yes. Yeah. You're awful. Awful <laughs> nice to look at. <laughs> it's so cute and sexy. Yeah. Uh, I think I don't know. I'm I'm sorry. I really like both Prehistoric Man for her dancing. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be very specific <laughs> about what I like about that number. Um, but the first Dream Ballet, I think, is probably my favorite because it's so it's so silly and, like, kind of sets the tone perfectly um, as she's doing, like, the ballet painting and she's fighting all of these random dudes. Like, well, because oh, she's athletic. She's athletic, right. so it starts with, like, a foot race... Uh -huh. And then it just kind of keeps escalating, and then all of a sudden Football she's and fucking boxing. boxing. <laughs> <laughs> and then all of a sudden she's boxing lots of dudes. And like kicking their ass and with then their high sudden, kicks. Yeah, and then it turns out, yeah, her kicking people. I was also like, is she going to actually kick somebody for real? <laughs> it's, like, it's a little like, oh, oh, oh no, well, I'm sure it's all choreographed and they rehearsed this, but wow, that's a lot that's of a, those limbs. Those are very close. <laughs> so many limbs yeah. twirling. Mm, I don't know. I think, I think, I mean, yeah, you're right. The lyric for your awful is, is yeah. I, mean, I think like visually, I think that the the first dream ballet is probably my favorite, just because it it really does set the tone. Like it's a, it's like very high energy, but like very silly still, and just which kind of, this is an incredibly silly movie. Yeah. So like, <laughs> so I love that. Yeah, I love that it kind of you know gets you set for what's coming. Um, and the choreography's great, but I, yeah, for the lyrics, I mean, I, I, I like it, it when the three dudes are dancing in their in their Pearl of Araby <laughs> number. <Yeah>. Just <laughs> we also didn't touch on the fact that there's a car chase in this movie. There's a oh. car chase in a musical. <laughs> yeah, just out of nowhere. 
Just a thing that happens. Like we gotta get there, and then the cops see them, and so they're like, oh, well, I guess we better run <laughs> all the way across the Brooklyn Bridge. Oh. I know a place in Brooklyn we can hide. Really? What's it called? Brooklyn. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I do also, uh, man, I really like the, the one with Sinatra and um, Hildy in the cab about going to the Hippodrome. Okay, <laughs> she keeps slamming on the brakes. That one's great just because of all of the. His physical comedy is actually really good in that. Because, yeah. like, by like the third or fourth time she does it, he's falling into the floor of the car. Yeah. Yes, and he's just <laughs> like not even on the seat anymore. Yeah, yeah. It, which is easy to believe because he's a tiny pixie of a man. He is <laughs> with no butt. With no butt, he with doesn't no have butt. a butt to keep him in the seat. Yeah. It just whoosh slides right out underneath him. Yeah. Well, it, to me, it's because I know the music so well. I can hear the difference between like what what's from the original show, which is Bernstein, which is definitely jazz. So like the Hippodrome, you can hear that. The syncopated rhythms and the, mm-hmm. and the it's the melody is not as tuneful. It's more it's more odd. Right. Um, so like that is definitely like you can tell that's from the show, right? Especially like it's definitely not the "You're Awful," which is a crooning song. That's a Sinatra song. Exactly. Like that's the fucking Sinatra's in this movie. We gotta have him do the Sinatra. Yeah, we, and we all like <laughs> breathe like a nice big sigh when like, he finally got to, to croon. Like they like, of course they're gonna let him do it. But like, yeah. when's oh, it gonna happen? Like, where? Oh, okay. Oh, thank God. Because like, like when you think about West Side Story music, that music has a certain style, and you can hear it with the syncopation and the and the way. Right, right. And like, so you pick out the songs. You're like, that sounds more like West Side Story. And then oh, that's Bernstein. And then the other stuff is Comden and Green who were both brilliant, like, just screenwriters, but they also wrote music and lyrics. Like, I can't even handle how talented those people were. <laughs> and, I, and I feel like the uh, the Prehistoric Joe song had some of that kind of weird syncope, like, yeah. the rhythm was a little Tom, Tom, strange at Tom, times. Tom, Tom, Yeah, where, like, they add the They're extra. They're playing on Tom, Tom. She played a Tom, Tom with her butt at one point. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, when she's there and, like... When she has all of the ones behind her, and yeah. she's just, like, the kicking last one, one and the last one's with her butt, I was like... <laughs> I'm on board for this shit. Yeah. This is so stupid. <laughs> I am so glad you guys liked it because it is, it's fluffy. Yeah. And, but and, but that but then you get that ballet de- there in the middle, and a lot of people get turned off by those because they're like, wait, I have to watch serious dancing in the middle of a fluff piece. What the fuck? And right. it's like, Yeah, but look at the dancing. It's so lovely. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, it's so it's so well done. But yeah. the whole movie just flies by like so quickly. That I was kind of like, we got to the dance ballet. I was like, oh, we're already way into this movie. (laughs) But like, everything happened. Part of it's just the pace of it, just everything. It just keeps going and going and going and going and going. Like, never really slows down until you hit that point. And so I can see why that might lose some people because all of a sudden your pacing has just been like running, 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 and just silliness, silliness, silliness. And then all of a sudden it's like, let's slow down. And also, Let's retract everything we've just done, and we're going to do it in this really slow, graceful way. Um, I think it's lovely, because you just get to watch Gene Kelly dance for a few minutes. Well, that, 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 whole sequence, really, like, that whole sequence on the ballet bar with him and Vera Ellen. That's fucking incredible, and hot. the athletics involved in just being able to do that. And also kind of hot. And also sensual. super hot. Yeah. Just like... Look at those shapes. Look at what you can do. Ooh, rub up <laughs> against each other some more. Yes. 
And I was just watching them going like, how do you even move like that? Yeah. <laughs> well, and what, what I love about Gene Kelly, and I said it when we were watching, because that first number he has with her about walking down Main Street, and you're like, mm-hmm. Gene oh, Kelly... Like the, yeah. Dance practice or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Gene Kelly makes walking look good. Yeah. Just like, like one step. All he's doing is walking with her, and yet it, there's a style to it that you're like, oh, look, you're dancing. You're walking, but somehow it's still clearly dancing. And then, of course... He's the best at dance snuggling. Like, yeah. really Yeah, well, and like the way he looks at whoever he's dancing with. He gives with. such full focus with his whole body. You can well, see his whole body reaching to them. Yeah. You commented on the way he looks at women. Um, his face in general, though, I mean, outside of just being a very attractive man to start with, the faces that he makes while he's dancing are top-notch. Like, yes. every time, they're always very... They're almost too much, but, like, in a way that makes it work. Like, it's really weird. Like, when he's happy, it's smiles that are, like, huge. When he's doing other, like, all of his, he's very, very expressive with his face, but you don't, I didn't notice it for a while because you're watching his body do all this weird shit, and then you're like, oh, but his face is doing weird shit, too. Like, it's, <laughs> it's so, it's so cool. Uh, I just I love watching him and and we talked about it too that like he has this stance because he's stout mm-hmm. and muscular but he moves like he's not <laughs> yeah yeah I mean, he's fine uh, but he still fine. has like this very I mean he does this thing like when he goes into especially when he goes into tap and he comes in with his like kind of setting down to do that then it's like you could just show that in silhouette, and it would be identifiable as like, boom, that's Gene Kelly. Yeah. <laughs> um, on Fred Astaire, here's a quote from Gene Kelly. I work. He's big- a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, um, actually, the press always played up this rivalry that right, the two right. of them never had because the two of them didn't know each other. <laughs> no, no, they did. They actually admired each other greatly, uh-huh. but the two of them also saw that they were nothing alike as dancers. Right, so how could right. there be a rivalry? Right. Um, like. Like, I can't do what you do, so I'm not going to be jealous that you can do it. (laughs) Yeah, you're awesome. Keep doing that. Yeah. So he said about Fred Astaire and and the two of them, I work bigger. Fred's style is more intimate. I'm very jealous of that when I see him on the small screen. Fred looks so great on TV. I would love to put on a white tie and tails and look as thin as him and glide as smoothly but I'm built like a blocking tackle. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, he he knew, and he even said like you know, Fred Astaire was high society, and I am the proletariat. Like that that was his style of dancing. Very famously, mm-hmm. he he was very working class. Fred Astaire was always in you know, um, impeccably dressed, and he was always just everything about him. His raw physicality was much more. Um, aggressively masculine and mm-hmm. uh, um, much more average Joe. Even though, for me, weirdly, Gene Kelly, the way he dances, is so much more trained. Like he, Because you can see his ballet training in everything he does. So he's weirdly, to me, both much more like the average guy and yet the more trained dancer than you know Fred Astaire, who... Seems so, you know, elegant and everything, but his lines are so much more relaxed and jangly. Yeah. Just, it's very, like, very dichotomy to me. And when you're doing a stare, 
<laughs> no. So we can compare the two. Yes, you're right. <laughs> we should. Mmm, so many to choose from. Okay. Okay. I don't think we have to decide right this second, Lindy. Well, I'm, like I'm thinking, like, do we go for classic black and white, like in the early days, or do we go for more of a '50s um, MGM color musical? Because he did a lot of them, and he, he did some with Sid Charisse. He did he did lots of great stuff. Um, did he do one? No. Oh, not funny face. That one bothers me. We'll get Ooh, to that I one. I don't like that yeah. one. We'll get to that one eventually, maybe. Like, oh. But that's way down on the list. Yeah. Um, That'll be like the last episode we do. <laughs> Save it. Um, so I'll think about it. We should do a Fred Astaire soon. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, so I think, have we all named our favorites? Yeah. I think so. Yeah? Okay. Any final thoughts on on the town? I'm trying to think if there's anything we haven't covered, but I feel like we mm-hmm. did it. Oh, yeah. it's, it's fun. It's just fun and silly. Like it's, it's so worth. It. If you if you didn't watch it, why not? But also <laughs> go go do that now because it's so good and it's so fun and just like it's the kind of movie you can just turn your brain off and be like, look at this silly shit that's happening on the TV and it's great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, like like Mike said, during the, our watching and again earlier, it's the horniest musical it's you'll probably horny. ever see, <laughs> and it's great. I mean, it's just a fun time. Like, yeah, we, we, I, we know we commented on it maybe not earlier in, in the recording, but um, just the fact that they play it off both sides. So it's you know you get the sailors first, like coming off the boat, like, like oh, like, find women. the best thing to find on, on your way to to getting a date is seven or eight more, and you're like, oh, like it's just going to be about them like trying to hook up, but then it, like as soon as you meet. Hildy, like she's just as as ready, and she's almost more than all three of them. And after even, Chip and, and even Claire, right? And Miller, and he's and Ozzy starts hitting on her. She's like, "Oh, how dare you!" And then well, like, like they talk the, for a little bit. And she's immediately on board. And, the yeah. whole driving point of this movie is Gene Kelly stalking this woman he saw a poster of on the train. Yeah. <laughs> yes, and like. Somehow, so pretty, I must have her. Yeah, and then they immediately up that with Hildy as the cab driver. That's like she's even like thirstier than he is. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, get in, get in, let's go to my place. And you're thinking, oh, Hildy's gonna be like uh, Claire, and Miller's all like, oh no. Well, why did you get into anthropology? Oh, well, my guardian said that I was going after too many boys. <laughs> That's right. So he suggested I learn about mankind so that... To stop being so promiscuous. So I would stop being so promiscuous. <laughs> and, and she, she turned... Just, all of a sudden, she turned into, like, Jane Russell in Gentlemen Prefer Blondes, <laughs> uh, Prefer Blondes where she's just like, let's get it. Who wants She says that, this? and then almost immediately just, like... <laughs> grabs him like grabs and him dips him. him. Yeah, dips him into a kiss, and then it's just... And you're like, oh, every I like all the women in this show. Yeah. It's just her like specimen it. from then on out, yeah. And they're, and the women are like, what if we split up? Hey. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I like I found it. a sailor on leave. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Uh, the sailors are like, what? Yeah. They're like, yeah, we're going to totally go look. Sure. Sure, we're gonna go look. And then Sinatra's like, he's like, well, I feel bad. And like, well, we looked. And he's like, yeah, I guess we looked. And then immediately just like dives on her. Yes. <laughs> just had to like justify it once. He's like, no, that's fine. Let's do this. Um, yeah, no, I mean, uh, it's great. It's it's silly. It's bizarre. It's fun. I mean, it's go watch it. I don't know why you didn't if you if you didn't yet. Good. I'm so glad you guys liked it. Oh yay! <laughs> <laughs>
All right. So um, we have now watched our first Gene Kelly. Yay. Of many more to come, I'm sure. And <laughs> Ann Miller. And, like, there were a lot of firsts in here. Like, let's put a oh, Especially, in. I love, like, when the credits were rolling right at the beginning. You're, like, you're yelling all these names out. And, like, it's just silent in the room. Like, like come on, no, these people. Like, like, yeah, okay. Sure, yeah. Those are names on the screen. <laughs> I promise I'm not annoying to watch musicals with. No, no, no. It's, I love how, like, how excited you are. And I aim to actually know who well, you're talking like, about lo- eventually. Yeah, you guys are getting a real education. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll cut that out in post, it's fine. It's like you will fucking not. <laughs> I'm about it's, to get stabbed. It's staying. It's stay. The kid stays in the picture. She's like, I will cut everything else out and that will be all of it. It's just going to be on a loop. A loop for an hour, I say. An hour of you saying the name of the podcast. <laughs> You guys are getting a real education. Yeah. <laughs> real education. <Yeah>. Real education. Raspberry. Real education. That just reminded me of the the terrible dinosaur pun from. Oh God! Right. Like they knocked down a dinosaur. Oh, the di- I uh, love dinosaur. Right. It's like, like all of us. All of us like deadly yeah. silent. <laughs> And then Wendy just goes, that was such oh. a bad joke. <laughs> <laughs> that sure was a joke that just happened. Yeah. <laughs> they, well, they, they tried, anyways. <laughs> and there's a lot of good mugging happening in this movie. I love watching Betty's, uh, Betty Garrett's face. Yeah. She, she rolls her eyes beautifully. I want to master that. She's like, <laughs> I'm going to take a master class from her on rolling my eyes. And side eye. She's got a good side eye. But this is now the third time we're going to attempt to end this podcast. <laughs> Yes. So, uh, Will it be the last? Yes. We're Thank done. You. Goodbye forever. <laughs> Thank yeah. you for joining next us time. for Real Education, the, the musical. musical. And we will talk to you again next time. A Real Education, the musical can be found on iTunes, Blueberry, and Google Play. Follow us on Facebook at Real Education Musical, on Twitter at Real Edu Musical, that's R E E L E D U, or check out our website at realeducationmusical.com. New episodes on every Tuesday morning. We hope you enjoyed our film fixation. We'll see you next time on A Real Education.